This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome along to Sunday's edition of Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, the tennis podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. I'm Nigel Seeley. I'm back from my travels at the French Open in Paris. And like I say, I usually do on a Sunday. I'm joined by the senior ATP Tour handicapper here for Because We Win. It's Sean Calver. And we're going to look through tomorrow's matches in the last 16 of the French Open men's single style. Uh, Sean, how are you doing, mate? All right, thanks. Yeah, not too bad. It's uh, the end of a half-term week, so I'm hopefully going to start to unwind slightly. The first week of the French Open is over. It's always a bit hectic, isn't it, doing the first week of a Grand Slam? Many ups and downs. It's it's many long matches. It's it's kind of exhausting, isn't it, watching watching the French Open and betting on the French Open? It's uh, It can be a thankless task at times, but um, I'm all right. Thank you, yeah. The tournament so far has been one, like you say, ups and downs. Started off very fast with lots of winners, sort of come back to earth a little bit with a bang. But uh, slightly, I think on the on the picks we've done here, I think we're more or less dead level. Or if not, we're probably like a, a unit behind on the tournament so far. Mm. Just your sort of take on the first week, or we're coming into the second week uh, tomorrow. What, what, what is your take on the first week so far and what your statistics telling you? I think it's just all about these these balls, isn't it? That we mentioned at the start. That I don't know what they've done to them, but it's just produced just lots of really long, arduous matches, hasn't it? I mean, there was not counting today. There was thirty five set matches um, in the first three rounds, and there, if that's just to put a bit of context on that, last year there were twenty one five set matches in the entire tournament. The year before that, there were 25 set matches in the entire tournament. This year, there was 30 before the end of round three. So that tells you all you need to know. If you also look at the stats, which which tells you the 74% holds of serve and only 68% first serve points won. The players were all complaining about the balls. Um, certain players were said, and, and Djokovic was one of them. He said the serve isn't really much of an advantage here. It's just a way to start the point because you can't, you can't get any real advantage unless you unless you're hitting a, a perfect serve and ace or, or unreturnable it's it's not really doing anything for you so you know a lot of the matches have been won i'm sure there are people watching this that who's who have bet players that have lost from two sets up it's happened at least six times already in the tournament. oh yeah there you go there's one <laughs> it's, it's happened it's happened at least six times already in the tournament normally that happens maybe maybe a couple of times in the tournament but it's happened as i said six times um it, it's just it's just this this it's very very slow conditions you know and it's it's proven to be the the players that are are the fittest that have um that have succeeded um there is a there's a slogan isn't there on the um on the Chatrier court i think it says something about victory belongs to the most tenacious they've got it mm. emblazoned there haven't they on i think it's on Chatrier. and that's that's what it's been i mean players have won matches that they ought not to have won because their opponent has run out of physicality and that's happened numerous times um, and that's that's what makes this tournament for me by far the hardest of the Grand Slams, and 
perhaps the toughest of of all of the season. As you know, I said at the start of this tournament, it, it can be it can be tough the French Open, and that that is because you know the best player doesn't always win. They, they can be two sets up or two sets to one up, and then their legs have gone or they get an injury or or whatever. Um, so it's tough, you know. It, it is tough. It's, it's 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 the hardest for me, the hardest betting challenge, you know, of the year. The one thing we do know, as we sit here now, we're looking ahead to Monday's match, the two tournament favourites uh, who dominated the market, Carlos Alcaraz and Novak Djokovic, have both pro- progressed through to the quarterfinals. We, you know, we're looking at the other section of the draw for tomorrow's matches. But Alcaraz is still the market leader. Very, very, well, I'd say he's impressive today, but Mazzetti was very poor, as we spoke about off, off air there. Um, mm. The market suggests when they, if they do meet in the semifinals, which we'll probably talk about on, if we, I don't think we have a chance to talk about it. Might not have a chance to talk about it. Well, yes, we will. We'll probably talk about it on Tuesday. Uh, if uh, if they do go through to the, to the semifinals, where you're sitting now, Carlo Alcaraz is going to be a favourite, a, a very sort of, not heavy favourite, but a, a convincing favourite. Do you think that's right? Do you think that Novak is uh, that's uh, that's underrated his performances here in the past? You know, I read today he got, he's got to more quarterfinals in the in the French Open than Rafael Nadal, which is amazing, really. But there you go. I think he's made seventeen quarterfinals there, hasn't he, Djokovic? Mm. Um, I imagine Nadal's probably just played fewer tournaments because of the injuries and stuff, but. Um... You ask me who I, who I would bet if that match. Well, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Place. You know, we, we it comes down to the betting on the odds of it. I mean, I I would guess now as we stand now, I think if they played tomorrow, you may get probably plus one fifteen, plus one twenty, Djokovic. Just to me, I think that may be a little bit of value. I think it depends. It's it's a really hard one to bet because it depends how fit Djokovic is. You know, he's he's always one, isn't he, to to sort of mention the injuries. He's never a, a player that doesn't talk about his body and all these sort of problems that he's having with it. And he's, he's done it again this tournament. He's saying, I've got, you know, I've got this and I've got that. He didn't want to go into specifics, but he was, he was intimating very strongly that at his age, you know, he's, he's not, he's not coming into these matches fresh and fully fit anymore. Um, That's what is, that's what, that's his intimation. And it, it does seem to be the case. I would be worried if I was back in Djokovic against Alcaraz and it went to sort of a long, a really long four or five sets. I, I, I'm not entirely convinced that Djokovic has got the the body for it. Yes, he's made 17 quarterfinals on at, at the French Open, but he's only won it twice. Mm. That's not it's not a great return, is it? Um, if he made 17 quarterfinals, he'd expect to win more than a couple of them. I know he's, Nadal has been around, obviously that that's that's the major issue. But I, I think it's a I think it's a very very tough one to bet because we don't know how Djokovic is going to be. We haven't seen him play a long match on clay for for a long time. I, I, I wouldn't personally, I wouldn't be convinced that he's He's fit enough to, to beat Alcaraz over the best of five sets in these very slow conditions. We do know that Djokovic uh, is through to the quarterfinals to play Karin Kachanov, which is going to be on Monday. And we do know that Alcaraz is obviously through, sorry, not Monday, it'll be Tuesday. And Carlos Alcaraz is through, and he'll play the winner of the Sitsapas match uh, against, uh, he's playing off. That'll be Sitsapas, yeah. That'll be, that'll, that'll be <laughs> Sitsapas. So, so you would say that Alcaraz has probably got the tougher match as well. Anyway, that's all hypothetical. We don't know what's going to happen then. Let's look about the matches we do know, which are on Monday. And that's what we're here today, to look at the four matches on the last 16 here at the French Open on Monday. Uh, there's, there's an early start, 6.15 a.m. is an early start. There's two matches to start then. The first one we're going to talk about is uh, Holgeruna up against uh, our pick, Francesco Serendulo. Uh, we obviously lost Yannick Sinner early in the competition, but Serendulo is carrying our hopes here for because we win. Uh, Holgeruna, though, is a very convincing favourite, minus 278 
Serendula plus 215. Olga Runa this year, 17-3 on clay. Serendula 16-9 on clay. They've only met once previously in 2019, and Serendula won that match. Uh, 7-6, and I think it was 6-4. I've written my note down here. I can't read the writing. The handicap here is 5.5. Serendula is a 5.5 underdog, which does seem a little bit disrespectful for him. Minus 125. Uh, minus five and a half for Serendula's minus uh, so for Runa, sorry, is minus 103. And the totals here are pitched at 36 and a half. Um, I, I, I look at these odds and I make Runa the favorite, definitely. I think he's uh, he, he is uh, he's the he's the player to beat, he's the, he's the public play. But 220 does seem quite generous for Serendula, and especially on the handicap, five and a half. And I, and I think the games are quite cheap because. We're going to look at another match a little bit later on that is the same kind of line as five and a half. And, um, you know, I, I think 36 and a half here looks quite a cheap option of overs at minus 108. Yeah, I agree. I think this is based on, as you say, the public play of, of Holger Rune. There's nothing in the statistics that suggests he should be this short. Um, just briefly touching on that challenger match that you mentioned, it was back in 2019. Serendola was actually priced up as a 1.46 favourite that day. So pretty heavy favourite. Room was unranked and he had a wild card and Serendola was number 299 in the world. So that was that was a lifetime ago almost. But, um, you know, Serendola was a pretty big favourite. R- roughly the same price that, that Room will be for this match, incidentally. If we look at the last 12 months on clay at main level, their service points won and return point one, points won at totals are exactly the same. Rune's on 104, Serendola's on 104. So nothing to choose if you're just looking at the, f- the flat-out stats of the last 12 months on clay. If you if you isolate matches that are played versus the top 20, the current top 20 in the world, that is, on clay at main level, let's take their last 10 matches. Um, Serendola's been fabulous. He's won seven out of his 10. And his service points won, return points won total in those matches is 103. Now, Rune can't match that. His last 10 matches, his service points won and return points won total is 98, which is not not great. Certainly isn't as good as Serendola. So there's, there's certainly an argument that Serendola has been playing better tennis against the better opposition. I mean, Rune's been a little bit fortunate in several matches this season. Um, the the Casper Rude one where Casper Rude had a, a great chance to win it. The one against Van der Zanskut when the Dutchman produced one of the worst chokes of the season. Um, and he's had a very fortunate run here as well. That 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 might go one or two ways for for Rune. He's barely played, does he? He's played. He got a walkover um, given to him by Monfils. Mm-hmm. First round was against Eubanks, who's barely played any matches on clay in his life. His next match was against um, a very lowly ranked um, player who he outclassed. That, that lack of activity and that lack of match sharpness might come back to bite him because Serendola has been playing a lot of matches against top, top players. And I've said his, his record against top 20 players is is excellent. Uh, another sort of negative that I'll potentially bring to mind here is that the slow conditions. And Rune is a player who gets a lot out of his first serve on clay. And we know, we've seen the first serves aren't that effective here at the French Open. It's slow conditions. And I think that will will um, certainly favour Serendola. I, think, I know he says that his main his best surface is hard courts which i you know i sort of disagree with really for me he's at his best on a very slow clay court like the one that we've got here at the french open he is a very inconsistent serendoli he might turn up and have a poor day and rune plays great and, and knocks him off but i i can't see if serendoli plays to his potential 
it's somewhere near his top level. I think he's got an, every chance in this match. Um, I've taken the over 36 and a half games here, minus 112 at Bet Rivers. I think that's the play, but I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say confident, but I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards the, the fact that Serendolo could win this match. I, I'd be very surprised if Rune knocks this off very easily. You have the 36 and a half games is now minus 118. The handicap with Serendolo getting a, receiving a five and a half star, which does seem really, really high, minus 125. And Serendolo to win on the money line is now plus 220. The graphic says plus 215, but the line is going against us here. The market wants to be with Rune. Um, I agree with you. I, I, I agree with you. I couldn't believe the price of um, Serendolo yesterday to beat. Taylor Fritz. I thought it was a crazy mm. price given his form. I think he's a really underrated player. I don't, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves in some of the matches. And you've highlighted it before. You said that he could be a player that likes to play on the big stage. And he's not going to get a bigger stage than this against Holger Rune, who's far from the finished article. And he's got real serious temperament problems as well. So, And he's I, not proven I'm, physically over the best of five sets on, you know, on clay. I, I, I would question whether, you know, he's cramped many, many times, hasn't he? We've seen it on several occasions, um, you know, that could come into play as well. I mean, the, the fact that he's played so little will will perhaps help him in, in the physicality regard. But, um, you know, these statistics are, are very impressive from Serendero. In the last, um, the last 12 months, he's played 10 matches against players that were ranked in the top 20 at the time of the match. And he's won nine out of those 10. You know, and he's beaten all quality players. So, I just can't see this being a simple match. It's it's too it's too easy and too obvious just to say, "Oh, Rune will win that" because he's you know he's played at a higher level, Masters Series finals and stuff like that. But I think this will be a tough game. I could see this going long. Just from our future position, we've got a position on Serendula to win this as well. So you yeah, know, people might look at hedging a position. Very hard, very difficult to hedge when your opponent you're playing is minus two seventy eight, but. When you look at the draw in that bottom half of the draw, we're going to come on to the other games. Echeverry, Nishioka, Rude, Jarry, Zverev, Dimitrov. There's not much really to beat, is there, to get to the final. So if he beats Rune, he's got every chance. Of that's what I'm saying. Out, I mean, the win, the, this is this is a massive match for our future as well as our as our as our pick here as well. So the draw, you know, if, the winner of this match will really think they can make the final here. So it's a huge, huge yeah. game, which brings nerves into it. And 36 and a half games, uh, the line. He's definitely uh, on the on the cheap side, in my opinion, as well. Yeah, I mean, there's there's other markets that that Bet, Bet Rivers will probably bring in slightly later, which which they've tended to do on um on total minutes. Um, I haven't seen that line up yet, but it'll probably be up just before the match starts, I should think. And I think I'd be tempted to go the over total minutes as well with all these long rallies and um the very slow conditions. I'd, I'd obviously need to see what the line is, but that that would certainly be of interest as well. Um, if the total games line has come a bit too short, but going back to the original point, yeah, I think um, if he does beat Rune, you know, he would have potentially maybe Casper Rude, possibly not, possibly Jerry, um, and then as you said, Zverev has been very, very up and down as as ever, um, and that's that's really all all there is, isn't there? Mm. So he beats Rune, I think he's got every chance of making the final if he can beat Holger Rune. A huge match for us, not only for our pick here on the match, but also for our future as well. Serendula is the bet uh, on our future, which are 120 to 1. We're on him to win the tournament. Uh, but we think here the best players to go over 36 and a half. Uh, I personally think the five and a half Serendula getting minus 125, getting that five and a half start is, is too much uh, in a match like this. So 
Big match, that one. Uh, Karun against Serendulu. Big opportunity for both these players to make a Grand Slam final if they win this match. So I think that one there definitely is on the overs. I think the overs is the kind of theme that I'm sort of going for with a lot of these matches today. But the next tomorrow, the next match, though, is a difficult one. I mean, it's it's all about Rune, uh, not having it, you know, having it relatively easy to get this far. Nishiokai has had it, it virtually impossible. Two five setters, a four setter, lost the first set in every single match he's played, and he must be absolutely exhausted. And that can be the only reason that I could believe that Thomas Martin Echeverry is minus three seventy five to beat Nishioko is plus two eighty. The seeded player. The handicap here again is five and a half plus one hundred five for Nishioka, minus one thirty four for Echeverry. And the totals are thirty five and a half. The totals at thirty five and a half would have cashed easily in every uh, Nishioka match. But Echeverry has had a very very easy run through. Uh, Draper got uh, retired, injured. Then he played Diminor. Then he won in straight sets, and then he played Courage, which he was very impressive in and won in straight sets as well. Um, but this is this is a, a price of this match that's really been priced up by the roots that both these players have taken to get to this last 16. Echeverry had it very, very easy. Nishioka has come through the mill, calling it very, you know, just absolutely must be exhausted. Yeah, in terms of in terms of length of matches, you could say Echeverry's had the easier route, sure, but certainly not in terms of opponents. Diminor um, and Koric are two, two very difficult guys to, to beat, and he's beaten both very, very well. Um, Nishioka not not normally known as a clay man. I, I look, normally like him on a, a very quick outdoor hard um, surface. He's never been that great on clay. If we look at his statistics, um, Echeverry, he's, he's a player that I've mentioned numerous times on this show. We backed him um, earlier on in this season. We got him to the final, didn't we, in Houston? Lost in the final to, to TFO there, a good price. Uh, he's doing well. In 2023, uh, um, at main level on clay, his service points one and return points one total is 106. So that's better than that's better than Holgerun for a start off. Um, Nishioka not done bad actually, 101 from the eight matches that he's played. But if you look at his last 10 matches, he's down at 98. If we look at the matches played by these two so far, this tournament, Echeverry's service points one and return points one total is 115. And he's played decent players, you know, in Diminor and Chorich. These, you know, he's not played low-ranked kind of qualifiers um, or sort of challenger players. So for me, this is the clay quarter, the natural clay quarter, a guy that can hit through these conditions versus a player in Nishioka that's just going to stick around and see what happens, which is basically how he's won his matches so far. You could say victory belongs to the most tenacious. Is has certainly applied to Nishioka in this in this French Open. You know, he did it against Wolf. He's done it against... Say both Will should have, should have beaten him again. Didn't close out a tie break and then was absolutely exhausted in the fifth set. I think Nishoka, Nishoka bageled him in the end, mm. didn't he, in the, in the final set there. Just ran out of legs. Can't see that happening with Echeverry. Um, it's not my sort of price, but I, Echeverry minus one and a half sets at minus 172 does hold some appeal. I, I, I can't see Nishioka winning more than a set here against, against, against Echeverry on this surface. It's a very heavy favourite and Sean believes that he will justify that favouritism, but there's a uh... Better ways to bet him than the minus 345. Head to the Bet Rivers website. There's 45 different markets on this match now, and there'll be more that will continue to come uh, before the match starts at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time on Monday. The next match is another early start, 6.15 a.m. Casper Rudd, the, the, the Beeson finalist here last year, uh, had a pretty bad start to the season, but coming just under the radar, just doing his, going about what he does. 
He's a favorite against Jarry, minus 190. Jarry is plus 150. Jarry is in, uh, is, is in a bit of form. Uh, the handicap here, though, is three and a half with Jarry receiving the start, minus 118, minus 108 for Kasper Rud, and the total games are very high, 39 and a half, which is the highest of all the th- uh, the four matches tomorrow. Not surprising, though, when you look at the head-to-head record between the two of them. They both played uh, twice, but they played twice before. It's one win apiece uh, in Geneva, only a, what two weeks ago last week. Uh, Jerry won two sets to one, uh, six, uh, three, six, seven, six, seven, five in a very long match that produced, uh, I think it was 34 games. And in sold in 2022, Rude won six, two, three, six, six, three in a 26 game match on the best of three sets. So given what you say about the, um, the long matches, given you say about the, the lot of five setters in this matches, this one here, it's pitched high from Bet Rivers at 39 and a half, but, um, you, you you would be more inclined to go the over at minus one fourteen than the under here at minus one twelve. Yeah, you can see why it's been pitched high. I mean, Jerry, very serve orientated player um, on all surfaces. Um, he's held he's held serve ninety four percent of the time so far this French Open. We're saying how slow it is, and he's held serve ninety four percent of the time in three matches, and he's played you know decent opposition as well. But there is a caveat. To those statistics because he saved an absolute ton of break points, particularly against Tommy Paul. He saved something like 15 break points against Tommy Paul. He's actually saved 87% of the break points against him this French Open so far, which is huge. So anytime he's been in trouble, he's just served it away. Um, will he be able to do that against Casper Ruud in these slower conditions? That that match in Geneva, um, in case anyone doesn't know, was played at uh, altitude of around about 400 metres. So Jerry does tend to perform at his best in those sort of conditions where his serve can really kick up. Um, and it's, it's a huge weapon for him at, um, at altitude. I, I wasn't convinced that it, this French was going to suit him, to be honest, because of the slower balls, the slower conditions. But he's, he's done really well, um, Jerry. I was expecting him to struggle with, with that physical effort that he put in in Geneva and with the fact that the conditions are much slower here than Geneva. I'm slightly surprised that he's been able to, to do as well as he has. Looking at their stats this season on clay at main level, the service points one and return points one totals are very similar. Jerry 105, Rude 106. So slight advantage to Rude, but not not massive by any means. Again, if we look at matches played on this surface against the current top 20, um, Jerry's 4-3 win loss and his service points one, return points one total is 101. So decent. Rude's only played one player from the current top 20 on clay this season. And I think we know which match that was against, against Holger Ruin, which he managed to lose. But looking at his last 10 um, against the top 20, he's 6-4 win loss and his service points one and return points one tails 102. But is Kasper Ruud in the same form this season than when nine of those 10 matches were played, which was mainly last season? You could argue probably not. Um it's tough, this, isn't it? I mean, I, I, it it looks to me like a match that's going to go long. If I was having a bet on this, my my angle for this would potentially be rude just to win it on fitness because of all those matches that Jerry's played, you know, in Geneva and now here. Um, I just feel like rude might just edge it. The 3-2 to rude does hold some sort of appeal. If I was having a lean on this match, it would be that, and that's a plus... 4-10 chance of Bet Rivers just for Rude nicking it in the fifth set, mainly on on fitness. I, I suspect is he'll be the stronger man if it does go to a, a fifth. Yeah, I like that. I like the overs here 
even at 39 and a half, I think this this is a potential to go five sets either way. I think it's a, it's a great match for trading, for betting trading. You know, if you're going to the in-running betting, you can back Xavi at a low price one, then Rude will come back. I expect this to be a real in-and-out game. So I think for in-running betting purposes, this will be a fantastic match. I think the late game as well might be an interesting one as well. It's 2.15 p.m. Eastern time, but it's obviously the late game over in Paris. It's uh, Zverev up against Dimitrov and... You touch on it, Zverev being so inconsistent. He's an opponent who is pretty much inconsistent as well throughout his career, but he's playing quite well, actually, Dimitrov here. Uh, not much between him and the seedings. 29 seed, sorry, 28 seed for Dimitrov and 22 for Zverev. On the world rankings, there's only two spots between them, 27 and 29, respectively. On the clay court form as well, 10 and 5 to Dimitrov, 11 and 5 for Zverev. On the head-to-head, though, it's overwhelmingly in favour of Zverev. He leads 3-1 here. But the odds here are very, 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 very high on Zverev. Minus 186. And Dimitrov here is plus 148. The spread is three and a half. Minus 108 for Zverev, giving up the three and a half. Plus, uh, minus 117 for Dimitrov, plus three and a half. And the totals again here are 38 and a half. And I'm looking at the totals again here. Three of the four matches they've played have all cashed on overs. The first one was back in 2014, a long, long time ago. But I think that Zverev's inconsistent. He gives you chances. Dimitrov drops his serve a lot and then fights back over the years. He's never, ever, ever really shown his full potential on, on a major. He should have done a lot better than what he actually has done. And this is probably his last chance here of ever getting to a quarterfinal or a semifinal of a major because he, he's got that you know potential because the winner of this will play Echeverry or Nishioka. Because again, it's another big game and it's another one where I'm looking at the overs. Yeah, I think this is a the hardest one of all of them to, to really call. Like any result here wouldn't surprise me. Um I think this is a very difficult one to bet. The head to head's quite old, isn't it? They've only played yeah. they've only played each other once since two thousand and sixteen. So I think we can kind of count that out a little bit. It's quite close actually. The the service points one return points one tell. I know Zero won three of the four, but he was only ahead by hundred and two to ninety eight on those totals. So it certainly wasn't a an overwhelming um career series for, for Sasha Zverev. I've been I've been quietly impressed with Dimitrov here. Actually, I, I was certainly, and 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 am still to a certain degree skeptical about his his body, his fitness. It, it's it's really let him down over the last two or three years. He's not been able to play consistently. He always seems to be picking up some sort of an injury. Um, that may come into to force again with these these slow balls um, and the accumulation of matches that he's played because he obviously made the Geneva final as well. So he's had quite a lot of tennis, uh, certainly by his standards. In uh, in in recent uh, week or two, but yeah, he's been playing some really good, patient tennis. His service points one and return points one total so far this tournament is 115, which is which is great. But you would have to question the fitness of at least two of his opponents. Rusevwari was less than fit; he had the trainer out. Um, he was struggling after he he himself Rusevwari played a, a five set of the the previous round, and similarly, Altmaier didn't have anything left in the tank after that epic match against Sinner. So that was a kind of an easy ride for Dimitrov. So I wouldn't be too taken by his his stats. As good as they are, I think there's a sort of caveat um, attached to them with the fitness of his opponents. Um, I've not said, is the schedule out for this yet? Is it? Is the match? It's the night game. It's the night game. Right. I think that will suit Zverev then. I mean, I watched all of Zverev's match against TFO last night and it just shows you how difficult a guy Zverev is to bet because he, he came out as he has done several times. And he's, he's talked about this. He said he's 
sometimes he's coming out, he's feeling good in practice, but he's coming out playing the first set and he's he's really feeling he's awful. It just doesn't feel like he's into it. And that was a, again the case with with TFO. TFO could have been two sets up in that match. He was a setup and then a second set tie break. You know, if TFO had won that tie break, he's looking at a two set deficit. And the the old double faults came back in, and this this both of these guys have this tendency to put in bad double faults in pressure moments. Zverev did it again numerous times in the early part of his match against Tifa, then really cleaned up his act and ended up um, winning it, you know, reasonably well. Even though he had to go to another tiebreak, he was still comfortably ahead on on the stats. The service motions of these two can break down at any point, any pressure point. That would really really concern me. Um, let's have a look at the stats versus the current top 20 players on clay at main level. Um, Zverev, his service points, one of return points, one total 98. Uh, Dimitrov 95 in his sort of last 10 matches. I think that's both players' last 10 matches. So not, not particularly great stats against the better players on clay. Uh, Zverev's held survey 88% of the time so far at this French Open, which is impressive in these conditions, but the opposition hasn't been great. Lloyd Harris, who's had an awful lot of injury problems and isn't a clay court player anyway. Alex Molkan, who's just, uh, just out-muscled. Um, and Tierfo, who for who the conditions in the night match weren't favourable. Um, you would have preferred, if you're Tierfo, you would have much preferred to have played a day match when it was quicker. I think the night match didn't really give Tierfo much of a chance. I think this is really hard. I, 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 what I would probably do, if I was having a bet on this match, I would probably wait... I don't think I could take these opening prices on either of them. The price on Dimitrov's not big enough. Too short on Zverev for me as well. So it doesn't really offer much value. But I think I'd perhaps look to bet Zverev in play if he starts slowly, as he has done regularly since that injury. If he starts slowly, goes a breakdown, I might be tempted to back him. Even if he loses the first set, I might be tempted to back Zverev in play. I think that would be my only plan of attack on this because it's it's so hard to bet Zverev matches. Yeah, I, I just think it's going to be a nervy one. I think the way the two yeah. of them play, the way they are, the way they, they're mentally, you know, they're not as strong mentally as other players. I think they've both realised the opportunity they've been given. And I think this will go long. I think I think all the matches, the only one I'm slightly worried about, Vecheveri Nishioka, because I think Nishioka could be exhausted. And I think he'll just run out of legs. But I think all, but they're, they're cheap, 35 and a half. I think it's just, for a, for a last 16 in a in a tournament like this, where one of those is going to be a, a Grand Slam quarterfinalist. We know what Echeverry's like, you know, but he's never had an opportunity to play in a quarterfinal of a major. I like all the overs in all four matches. I think I think that would be my strategy. I might have a little parlay, all four overs in the in the four games and cheer him on and get this. Hopefully, hopefully it goes to the, the way the statistics have run for the, the tournament so far. But the official pick from you, Sean, and the one that we're gonna just put on the record here is Holger Rune against Serendula over. 36 and a half match, uh, games, yeah? Yeah, I mean, you could attack that either way. You, your your suggestion is is perfectly good as well, which is the which is the plus five and a half, whichever one you choose to to go with, either the over games or the or the handicap in favour of Serendo or anything like that. But I've gone for the over 36 and a half games in this one. Yeah, as my official play, yeah. If you never had the position on Serendulu to win the tournament, so we obviously need him to win the tournament, would you be tempted by the plus 220 on the money line? I'd be tempted, yeah. I think he's got a chance if he, if you're just looking at the stats that I mentioned earlier. It's it's it shouldn't be that much in favour of Room. I think I think it's too short on Holger Room for sure. So if you are new to this show and you haven't had the pick on 
Serendulu. It may be worth having a little bit of pizza money on Serendulu to win the match here on the money line at plus 220 as well. But our official pick, though, is just the one pick. It's over the Toddler Games in that rune against Serendulu match at 36 and a half. We've got another busy week. Uh, the French Open, obviously, is coming to a conclusion next week. I will be joined by Roy Giovanni on Monday. We'll be looking at the women's draw as we reach the quarterfinal stage. Rory has a big future pick there on Mukova to win her quarter. She just needs to win one more match, and she's a minus money favourite to do that to reach to win her quarter. So we'll be cheering her on uh, on Monday. Uh, we also have on Tuesday, Sean will be joining me again to look at the quarterfinals in the men's draw as well. So there's more action all the way through. And tomorrow I'm going to Surbiton to the Challenge Rip to watch uh, some tennis in Surbiton. Are I'm you? Heading, I'm heading to Surbiton, oh. yes. I'm, uh, That's my nice. Friend, Who's playing? I'm going to watch Murray, he's playing, on centre okay. court. And I'm going to watch Ryan Pedersen because my friend John Wright, who is mm-hmm. a contributor on the Bet Rivers Network on the cricket, is uh, he's Ryan Pedersen's manager. Yeah. So we he's, are... he's from round here. He's from round. Yeah. My way, Paniston, yeah, isn't he? South End. South End boy. So we're gonna I'm gonna go yeah. and watch uh, Ryan tomorrow, cheer him on. He's up against Jiri Vesely. Jiri Vesely is up against in the in the first round. Very strong challenger. That is Dan Evans, they're all they're all there. He's it's always strong time. down there, isn't it? It's always a good if you're if you're in the sort of London area, South London area, I'd definitely recommend going to that, yeah. So I'm off there tomorrow. Watching a bit of grass court tennis as the action's still going on in the clay. It seems a bit weird. The action's going on clan, and we're looking at the already moving on to the grass court section. Obviously, the grass court section this time next month from now, we'll be talking about Wimbledon. Wimbledon would have started. So lots to look forward to here on Game Bet Match. Uh, just remember you can download the podcast by Googling or searching, or sorry, Googling by going to your podcast provider and searching for betting weekly game bet match on your preferred podcast provider. Download that. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is on the Bet Rivers Network. And you can follow us on our social pages, which is at Because We Win. That's our handle. And that is available on our Twitter and our Instagram page with all the fun and games. And I'll be at, at uh, Serbenton tomorrow doing uh, some more stuff on the Instagram page. Sean, thank you very much for joining us, Ever. Come on. Good luck tomorrow with Serendul. It's our big, big pick. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully he gets through in a four setter. We don't want a five setter. 37 games will do us. Just. Couple of tie breaks and a three-one. That'd be fine. That, that is exactly what we want. We want a nice, easy route through seven-six, seven-six, and what's that? We need seven-six, seven-six, seven-five. That'll do us. Job done. Get the money in the bank and move on to the quarterfinals. Uh, thanks very much for watching. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll speak to you again tomorrow with some more women's picks at the French Open. Take care. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network.